Section One of Utopia by Sir Thomas More, translated by Rafe Robinson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Epistle. Thomas More to Peter Giles sendeth greeting. I am almost ashamed, right well beloved Peter Giles, to send unto you this book of the Utopian Commonwealth, well nigh after a year's space, which I am sure you looked for within a month and a half and no marvel for you knew well enough that i was already disburdened of all the labour and study belonging to the invention in this work and that i had no need at all to trouble my brains about the disposition or conveyance of the matter and therefore had herein nothing else to do but only to rehearse those things which you and i togethers heard master raphael tell and declare wherefore there was no cause why i should study to set forth the matter with eloquence forasmuch as his talk could not be fine and eloquent being first not studied for but sudden and unpremeditate and then as you know of a man better seen in the greek language than in the latin tongue and my writing the nigher it should approach to his homely plain and simple speech so much the nigher should it go to the truth which is the only mark whereunto i do and ought to direct all my travail and study herein i grant and confess friend peter myself discharged of so much labour having all these things ready done to my hand that almost there was nothing left for me to do else either the invention or the disposition of this matter might have required of a wit neither base neither at all unlearned both some time and leisure and also some study but if it were requisite and necessary that the matter should also have been written eloquently and not alone truly of a surety that thing could i have performed by no time nor study but now seeing all these cares stays and lets were taken away wherein else so much labour and study should have been employed and that there remained no other thing for me to do but only to write plainly the matter as i heard it spoken that indeed was a thing light and easy to be done howbeit to the dispatching of this so little business my other cares and troubles did leave almost less than no leisure whiles i do daily bestow my time about law matters some to plead some to hear some as an arbitrator with mine award to determine some as an umpire or a judge with my sentence finally to discuss whiles i go one way to see and visit my friend another way about mine own private affairs whiles i spend almost all the day abroad amongst other and the residue at home among mine own i leave to myself i mean to my book no time for when i am come home i must common with my wife chat with my children and talk with my servants all the which things i reckon and account among business for as much as they must of necessity be done and done must they needs be unless a man will be a stranger in his own house and in any wise 
a man must so fashion and order his conditions and so appoint and dispose himself that he be merry jocund and pleasant among them whom either nature hath provided or chance hath made or he himself hath chosen to be the fellows and companions of his life so that with too much gentle behaviour and familiarity he do not mar them and by too much sufferance of his servants make them his masters among these things now rehearsed stealeth away the day the month the year when do i write then and all this while i have spoken no word of sleep neither yet of meat which among a great number doth waste no less time than doeth sleep wherein almost half the lifetime of man creepeth away i therefore do win and get only that time which i steal from sleep and meat which time because it is very little and yet somewhat it is therefore have i once at the last though it belong first finished utopia and have sent it to you friend peter to read and peruse to the intent that if any thing have escaped me you might put me in remembrance of it for though in this behalf i do not greatly mistrust myself which would god i were somewhat in wit and learning as i am not all of the worst and dullest memory yet have i not so great trust and confidence in it that i think nothing could fall out of my mind for john clement my boy who as you know was there present with us whom i suffer to be away from no talk wherein may be any profit or goodness for out of this young-bladed and new-shot-up corn which hath already begun to spring up both in latin and greek learning i look for plentiful increase at length of goodly ripe grain he i say hath brought me into a great doubt for whereas Hithlerday, unless my memory fail me said that the bridge of amorot which goeth over the river of anida is five hundredth paces that is to say half a mile in length my john saith that two hundred of those paces must be plucked away for that the river containeth there not above three hundredth paces in breadth i pray you heartily call the matter to your remembrance for if you agree with him i also will say as you say and confess myself deceived but if you cannot remember the thing then surely i will write as i have done and as mine own remembrance serveth me for as i will take good heed that there be in my book nothing false so if there be anything doubtful i will rather tell a lie than make a lie because i had rather be good than wily howbeit this matter may easily be remedied if you will take the pains to ask the question of raphael himself by word of mouth if he be now with you or else by your letters which you must needs do for another doubt also that hath chanced through whose fault i cannot tell whether through mine or yours or raphael's for neither we remembered to inquire of him nor he to tell us in what part of the new world utopia is situate the which thing i had rather have spent no small sum of money than that it should thus have escaped us as well for that i am ashamed to be ignorant in what sea that island standeth whereof i write so long a treatise 
as also because there be with us certain men, and especially one virtuous and godly man, and a professor of divinity, who is exceeding desirous to go unto Utopia. Not for a vain and curious desire to see news, but to the intent he may further and increase our religion, which is there already luckily begun, and that he may the better accomplish and perform this his good intent, he is minded to procure that he may be sent thither by the high bishop. Yea, and that he himself may be made bishop of Utopia, being nothing scrupulous herein, that he must obtain this bishopric with suit. For he counteth that a godly suit which proceedeth not of the desire of honour or lucre, but only of a godly zeal. Wherefore I most earnestly desire you, friend Peter, to talk with Hithlerday, if you can, face to face, or else to write your letters to him, and so to work in this matter, that in this my book there may neither anything be found which is untrue, neither anything be lacking which is true. And I think, verily, it shall be well done that you show unto him the book itself. For if I have missed or failed in any point, or if any fault have escaped me, no man can so well correct and amend it as he can. And yet that can he not do unless he peruse and read over my book written. Moreover, by this means shall you perceive whether he be well willing and content that I should undertake to put this work in writing. For if he be minded to publish and put forth his own labours and travels himself, perchance he would be loath, and so would I also, that in publishing the Utopian Wheel public I should prevent him, and take from him the flower and grace of the novelty of this, his history. Howbeit, to say the very truth, I am not yet fully determined with myself whether I will put forth my book or no. For the natures of men be so divers, the fantasies of some so wayward, their minds so unkind, their judgments so corrupt, that they which lead a merry and a jocund life, following their own sensual pleasures and carnal lusts, may seem to be in a much better state or case than they that vex and unquiet themselves with cares and study for the putting forth and publishing of something that may be either profit or pleasure to others, which others nevertheless will disdainfully, scornfully, and unkindly accept the same. The most part of all be unlearned, and a great number hath learning in contempt. The rude and barbarous alloweth nothing but that which is very barbarous indeed. If it be one that hath a little smack of learning, he rejecteth as homely gear and common wear, whatsoever is not stuffed full of old moth-eaten terms, and that be worn out of use. Some there be that have pleasure only in old rustic antiquities, and some only in their own doings. One is so sour, so crabbed, and so unpleasant, that he can away with no mirth nor sport. Another is so narrow between the shoulders, that he can bear no jests nor taunts. Some silly poor souls be so afeard, that at every snappish word their nose shall be bitten off, that they stand in no less dread of every quick and sharp word, than he that is bitten of a mad dog feareth water. 
some be so mutable and wavering that every hour they be in a new mind saying one thing sitting and another thing standing another sort sitteth upon their ale-benches and there among their cups they give judgment of the wits of writers and with great authority they condemn even as pleaseth them every writer according to his writing in most spiteful manner mocking louting and flouting them being themselves in the mean season safe and as saith the proverb out of all danger of gunshot for why they be so smug and smooth that they have not so much as one ear of an honest man whereby one may take hold of them there be moreover some so unkind and ungentle that though they take great pleasure and delectation in the work yet for all that they cannot find in their hearts to love the author thereof nor to afford him a good word being much like uncourteous unthankful and churlish guests which when they have with good and dainty meats well filled their bellies depart home giving no thanks to the feast-maker go your ways now and make a costly feast at your own charges for guests so dainty mouthed so divers in taste and besides that of so unkind and unthankful natures but nevertheless friend peter do i pray you with hithlerday as i willed you before and as for this matter i shall be at my liberty afterwards to take new advisement howbeit seeing i have taken great pains and labour in writing the matter if it may stand with his mind and pleasure i will as touching the edition or publishing of the book follow the counsel and advice of my friends and specially yours thus fare you well right heartily beloved friend peter with your gentle wife and love me as you have ever done for i love you better than ever i did End of the epistle.